were a great blessing to the Lord Jesus. Then there's Timothy's family, consisting of his mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois. And man, they had a huge impact on Timothy's life. Then there's that family, that family of Mary and Joseph, where Jesus grew up and lived out his young years. What a family that must have been, amen? Can you imagine growing up with the Son of God? Wow. But today, we're called to examine another great family. And this family doesn't consist of that that we consider a normal family with a lot of children running around. This family was just a couple, a husband and a wife by the name of Aquila and his wife, Priscilla. This couple is one of the greatest families recorded in the whole word of God. They're mentioned some six times in four books of the Bible, and every single time that Paul mentions Aquila and Priscilla, he's telling people about how incredibly special this family truly is. On page 1011 in the Bibles in front of you, uh, you can join me in Romans chapter 16, just a few verses this morning that give us some illumination to this great family. In Romans 16, verse 3, Paul writes to the church of believers at Rome saying, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Today, I want to point out for you some excellent qualities in Aquila and Priscilla and in their household of faith, if you will, that make them stand out as a family of excellence. Uh, I think that I can speak for you in this in saying that you want your family to be a family of excellence. You want your household of faith to be one of excellence. Well, let me point out a few ways that we can see that in Aquila and Priscilla. First of all, they were a household of believers. Aquila and Priscilla were a couple who loved Jesus. They loved the Lord. And if you will, I want you to go to Acts chapter 18, and I want you to put your finger there or uh, another piece of paper there or something, because we're going to go back and forth between Romans 16 and Acts 18. But in Acts 18, in beginning in the first verse, we find a little bit more here about who Aquila and Priscilla were, but also how they came to know God and how well they served the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you would in Rome or in Acts chapter 18, let's read the first couple of our first five verses there. In verse 1, Acts 18, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. 
And so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Son of God. But I also want to point out some great qualities about this family. First of all, they were a family of distinction. Now, we're told there in verse 2 of Acts 18 that Aquila was a Jew born in a place called Pontus who had at some time migrated to Rome, Italy. So here he is, a Jewish man married to Priscilla. And Priscilla is a Roman name which would suggest to you and I that she was probably not a Jew. And so this likely created a lot of problems. I, as I'm reading about them, I'm thinking, you know, their, their, their marriage or how they got together was probably a lot like Romeo and Juliet, right? The families were at odds, and they, none of the families wanted them to get together. Uh, a Jew marrying a Gentile was strictly frowned upon by the Jewish people. And if the story's true, Priscilla was a Roman socialite who was probably cast out of her family because she lowered herself to marry this Jew boy. Amen. Young people, listen up. You need to be very careful who you choose to marry. And one of the reasons is, is because when you marry someone, you also marry into their family. And if you marry an unbeliever, you got real problems. Because the Bible says that if you are a believer, then you're only to marry a believer. And if you go and marry an unbeliever, not only are you in violation of the word of God, but you're also inviting trouble to come and be a permanent resident in your home. So look at Aquila and Priscilla's example because they both became believers and were definitely a family of distinction. But we also see that they were a family of difficulties. Again, going back to Acts 18, verse 2, notice what the Bible says in the parentheses there. It basically says that Claudius, the Roman emperor, hated all religions, especially those that were not Roman. He especially hated the Jews, and he expelled every one of them out of Rome. So here we have Aquila and Priscilla forced to leave their home and find a new place to live. Even today, friends, keeping the faith can be a challenge. Keeping the faith can place many hardships on families, especially new families. But I think you would agree with me that, that almost every family has a problem in some form or fashion. Think of the problems that families face in our day and time. They, they deal with Problems relating to finances. They deal with problems relating to priorities, to stress, to materialism. They deal with problems relating to uh, outside influences and worldly influences. And then if you got children in the home, that just compounds the problem. Can I get a testimony from the back over there? Can I get a testimony? 
All right, y'all know who I'm talking about. Amen. But even our kids, y'all, even our kids face pressures. Our kids face pressures in school. They, place, or they receive pressures from society. They receive pressures from their peers. So they got problems. Families got problems. But you know what the greatest problem probably is in our families today? The greatest problem is probably spiritual. When families are not Christian or when families claim to be Christian but they ain't following Jesus, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble. So the primary problem is it's a spiritual problem. It's a, it's a relationship with Jesus kind of problem. Listen, no family is without problems. But no family need be without Jesus either. And with Jesus, we can face the problems. We can face the difficulties. We can face those things that come against us. You see, when we need somebody that can bind us together, and that's what Jesus does real good. Uh, we need somebody that can help us to weather the storms that life throws at us. Jesus does that really, really good. Um, we need to know that there are terrible storms that are coming against our families. And we need somebody who's in control of the storms. Amen? That's Jesus, praise God. So let us realize that no, no family is without problems, but no family need be without Jesus either. So in the midst of difficulty, we have Aquila and Priscilla here trusting in the only one who can cause the changes necessary to have a successful family. They were a family of distinction, and they were a family who faced difficulties, but they were also a family of Destiny. Think about this. They were expelled from their hometown. They didn't know where they were going. Forced to leave their hometown. That may have seemed like a tragedy, but what's really cool about it is, is that what looked like a tragedy on one side, God used for a blessing on the other. So what troubles and problems you might be going through today, down the road might turn into a great blessing for you. So just keep the faith in the Lord. They're forced to leave Rome. They traveled east to Corinth, and you're never going to believe who they met over there. Paul. They met the apostle Paul there in Corinth, and much to their surprise, they couldn't believe it, but Paul was of the same profession as Aquila. They were both tent makers. What a coincidence, right? No. God don't do coincidences, amen? Everything is under God's control. There are no coincidences with God. And as they worked together as tent makers, Paul undoubtedly shared about this Jew man named Jesus who died for the sins of the whole nation, indeed for the whole world. And as he shared, Aquila and Priscilla came to faith in Christ. They were converted and they gave their lives to the Lord. And so what started out as this incredible tragedy getting kicked out of their hometown turned into the greatest blessing that they had ever experienced. Friend, listen, as we fight the battles of life and the troubles that ensue, remember this, God is working all things according to the good pleasure of his will. He's at work in your life. You need to remember that. He's at work in your life, whether it be tragic or celebratory. He's at work in your life. And we need to remember what looks or looked so bad in the beginning, it might be the greatest blessing in the end. 
I mean, just think for a second about how the Lord moved in your life to bring you to a place where you would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved and be assured that heaven is your home. What a wonderful day that was. Amen? There's six of you. What about the rest of you? Amen? All right, come on now. Think about that. God will move heaven and earth, if necessary, to reach you for the glory of God. He will move heaven and earth, if necessary, to reach you and to change you and to do the remarkable things that he wants to do in your life. And because of their unwavering belief in Christ Jesus, Aquila and Priscilla, this wonderful family, stood out as a family of excellence. Can you say that your family is a family of excellence. I mean, do y'all really believe? See, belief leads to action, doesn't it? Right? It happens not only in the individual, but it happens in the family as well. Is yours a family of excellence? But let me tell you another quality of this precious family. They're also a household of burdens. In Romans 16.3, we find out about the burdens. You see, when a family is serving the Lord like they should, the family will begin developing some burdens. They'll begin developing some burdens for serving the Lord. They'll, and we see this thing fleshed out in the life of Aquila and Priscilla. First of all, they had a burden, a burden for God's work. There in verse 3, Paul calls Aquila and Priscilla his fellow workers in Christ. Fellow workers. And Paul ain't talking about making tents. Amen. He's talking about the work of the Lord. They partnered with Paul in the business of serving God. Now I told you to keep your finger at Acts 18. Flick back there. Because in Acts 18, namely in verse 18 and 19, we find that Aquila and Priscilla are willing to uproot their lives again. Say again. That's right, they uproot their lives again. They get out of their comfort zone again, say again, again, and they go with Paul to do the work that God has called them to do. Look at verse 18 in Acts 18. And so Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren, sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off like Brother Bill I didn't say that. He had his hair cut off at Centria, for he had taken a vow, a Nazarite vow. And he came to Ephesus, and he left Priscilla and Aquila there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews, willing to uproot again, willing to get out of their comfort zone again to do the work of God. This faithful, this faithful family continually, faithfully served the Lord wherever they were. If God directed them to go, guess what they did? They went. Amen? They followed their lead. You see, following Jesus is not about sitting on a pew. Did you know that? Following Jesus is not about doing nothing. Amen? It's about doing the work of the Lord. If we're going to be used to build a viable, strong, successful church here for the glory of God, then you know what we're going to need? We're going to need some strong families. We're going to need some strong families that have a burden for the work of God. If we have a whole room filled with families of God, but they ain't doing nothing, is anything going to get accomplished? Well, of course not. We need some strong families to carry on this burden of God's work. But they had another burden. 
They also had a burden for God's word. This couple, Paul says, uh, ministered in Ephesus. And when they were there, they met this, <laughs> this guy. And I kind of identify with Apollos because he was like full of energy, man. He loved, he was an encourager. I mean, he, just, he was really up uh, on, on the work of God. His name was Apollos. And if you'll go back to Acts 18 again, we're going to look at verse 24, and we're going to learn why Apollos was so on fire. It's amazing. Look in verse 24 of Acts 18. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. And so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside, and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross into Achaia or Asia... The brethren wrote him, encouraging the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Can I tell you that Jesus is the Christ this morning? Apollos. Man, I like this dude. I mean, he's spicy. He's energetic. I, I, I envision he loves kids, amen. I mean, I really like Apollos. And, uh, you know, his, he was a great speaker. I, I, I hope to be that one day. He had great ability. I hope to have great ability one day. Man, he knew the Old Testament scriptures real well. I hope to one day. Uh, he declared the Old Testament message very well. I hope to be able to do that one day. I mean, he was on fire, y'all. He was bold in his witness. He was a man who had an incomplete message. He had an incomplete message. He was still preaching about the Messiah who was still to come rather than the one who had already come and died for the sins of mankind. And as God would have it, his path crossed with this precious family, Aquila and Priscilla. And like any worthy southerner would do, they invited him for supper. <laughs> Amen. Invited him for supper, and they shared with him the whole truth of the Lord's death, burial, resurrection, and glorious ascension to God's right hand. And after Paulus received that message, he was converted, and he was mightily used by the Lord. And it was all because of, look at this, y'all. It was all because of one family. One family who had a burden for the word of God, for the truth of God. Godly families. Man, when they're willing to share with those who need it, boy, they become truly successful and inspiring families indeed. So Achille and Priscilla had a, a burden for God's work, certainly a burden for God's word, but they also had a burden to be God's witnesses. Now back to Romans chapter 16, verse 4, 
We find that Paul said that this couple, get this, y'all, this couple laid down their lives for him. To put it in modern context, there was somebody who had a gun pointed at Paul's head and they stood in the way. They risked their life. They were willing to die for Paul. They were willing to die for what God was doing through his ministry. They were willing to put their lives on the line. Man, they must have really loved him, amen? I mean, would you do that for me? Brother Howell would, praise God. Janet, would you? I got two. Man, they must have really, he, they must have really loved Paul. But more importantly, I think they really believed in the gospel that God was preaching through that man, through Paul. And you know that word witness, that comes to my mind. Do you know what the word witness uh, means? The word witness comes from the same word that we get martyr. You know what a martyr does, right? A martyr dies. A martyr dies for what he believes in. Same word that we get the word witness. And so a witness is one who's willing to lay down his life for what he believes. Are you willing to lay down your life for what you believe? That'll make you squirm in your pew, won't it? That made me squirm all over my desk. For a week I squirmed wondering, would I lay down my life for the gospel message of Jesus Christ? That accurately describes Aquila and Priscilla. Does it describe you? Does it describe Bethel Baptist Church? See, there's one thing that we as members of the church need today is we need to be more bold in our witness. Ain't nobody going to get changed if we're not more bold in our witness. May we all come to the place, Lord. All of us come to the place where we are burdened, burdened to lay down our lives if necessary to be believers and witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a tall order, isn't it? As I was preparing this portion of this message, it's when Tina came to my mind. And as she's facing her death, the last thing she wants you to know is that Jesus is her Savior. And so in a manner of speaking, not under threat, but under disease, she is laying down her life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only were they a household of believers, not only were Aquila and Priscilla a household of burdens, I got some great news for you today. They were a household of blessings. They were a blessed household. There in verse 5 of Romans 16, Paul says, at, greet the church that's in their house. They were having church at, house, at the house, amen? Isn't that wonderful? It reveals a couple of blessings enjoyed by this wonderful couple. 
First of all, they were blessed to worship in simplicity. See, we already heard that this couple were great witnesses. Stood by Jesus even at the cost of their own lives. But here's the thing. After they shared Christ and, and somebody came to the Lord Jesus, they didn't just throw them to the wolves and say, okay, y'all have a great day. Be Jesus to somebody. After they led somebody to Christ, what they then did is they formed those people into a church. And if they didn't have a place to meet, what they said was, hey, y'all just come over to my house. And we'll provide you a place to worship. That's pretty cool to me. Would you invite somebody, a new believer, into your house? If they wanted a place to worship, maybe they didn't want to come to Bethel. But they still wanted to worship. They were still new believers. Would you just say, well, come on over to the house then. We'll eat a good supper first of all. But then we'll worship together. See, they didn't need buildings. They didn't need air conditioning. They didn't need heat. They didn't need padded pews. They didn't need red carpet. Praise God for red carpet. These early believers had the Son of God, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the children of God. That's all they wanted, and praise God, that's all they needed. They knew a secret that I think many of us in our day have forgotten. They've forgotten that worship ain't about rituals. Worship ain't about formality. It's not about buildings, and it's not about great crowds. No. Worship is when God's people gather together in the fellowship of God's Son to glorify Him in the power of the Spirit and by the Word of God. It's just that simple. God help us to return to the simplicity of true biblical worship. Now, while they were blessed to worship in simplicity... They were also blessed to worship in sincerity. There's a great blessing here. There's a great praise right here. Because Aquila and Priscilla had a church in their house, but they also had a church in their heart. No matter where they went, they were having church. Can I tell you that I had church in my car this week? It was good, too. The singing was especially good, praise God. Preaching not so much, but the singing was great. They had church in their house. Man, they had church in their heart. No matter where they went, regardless of where this couple met to worship on the Lord's Day, regardless of where, what church they went to on Sunday, they always had church at their house. They worshiped at home. They prayed at home. They met with God at home. And they were sincere. They were sincere about following Christ. Friend, are you? Do you find yourself worshiping in oddball times of the year or odd, oddball times of the day? Hey, I, we got plenty of oddballs in here. Do y'all worship at strange times of the day? 
Listen, if all you've got is what you have at church, you ain't got much. If all you got is what you get on Sunday morning, as good as I would like to think that it is, you ain't got much. You need to have church at your house too. I pray that you have praise songs going on in your house. I pray that you're reading scripture at your house. I pray that you're thanking God at your house. You're praising the Lord at your house. Because a lot more worse is going to happen at your house than it does at the church house. You hear that? See, your home house, your home house ought to be as much a place of worship as the church house. Maybe even more. See, God is spirit, and the Bible says we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And wherever you go as a believer, the spirit's right there in you. So we ought to worship him wherever we go. And especially, y'all, here in the Christmas season, man, we ought to find ourselves worshiping almost constantly. Almost constantly. Friends, let our homes be places of worship. Is your house a place of personal worship? It should be. It should be. I think that today, the Bible has shown us clearly that Aquila and Priscilla were a real special family. Very special. Why? First of all, because they were just believers in Christ. But they also had a burden for the work of the Lord. And because of that, because they were believers and they had a burden for the work of the Lord, God used them greatly and also blessed them greatly. May our families, may our lives be like this special family. As you've listened to me this morning, do you find that you're this kind of family? A believing family burdened for the Lord, blessed by God, being used by the Lord? How about your life? Are you a believer this morning? If you are a believer, do you have this incredible innate burden for the work of the Lord where you've just got to be doing something for the name of Jesus? If, you're, if you don't, can I tell you something's missing? Something's missing. Because believers have that kind of burden. Did you hear that? Believers have that kind of burden for the work of the Lord. Friend, this morning, if you're realizing, no, I'm not a believer. Or if you are and you realize, Brother Bill, something is missing. I ain't got a burden for the work of God. Today is a day that you can get that right. During this time of invitation, we just invite you to come forward. I'm not going to tell you anything that, that I personally believe. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. And if the Lord is leading you to make that kind of decision, we just want to invite you to take a step of faith, to come forward and allow me to share with you what God says 
about how you can become a believer, but one with a burden, a burden for the work of God. Let me pray for you. Our Father in heaven, we have set apart this day, this morning, this service for your glory. Now, Lord, if we are to hear your word but not respond accordingly, has your word failed? Your promise is, is that your word never returns void. That it always does what it sets out or purposes to do. So Lord, I pray that your word is spoken to each of our hearts, causes the changes that need to be changed, and that, Father, you're going to be glorified in the decisions that are yet to come. Father, allow your word to resonate in our spirit. And Lord, help us to have that burden. Lord, now that we have the precious gift of God, Lord, help us to share that gift with others. Lord, we're going to glorify you in all that we do. And just humbly say this morning, thank you. Say thank you, church. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Let's all stand. Let's all stand.